Welcome to the Distracted Driving Podcast. I'm Sean Genovese. I'm Rex Williams. Today. <laughs> Today. It's episode uh, 21. If I've done the math and the counting correctly, we are continuing our conversation with my friend Nate Barber. Nate has his own consulting company based out of San Antonio, Texas, or just outside of. And uh, you may recall, we left you with a cliffhanger. And if you don't recall, go back and listen to episode 20. Uh, this is, uh, th- so we were talking to Nate about, um, a little bit about his business and what he does. And I asked him, what's your favorite technology tool or your most, I, I think the way I phrased it is, what is your favorite or your go-to technology tool that you use when consulting with clients? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's got tools. They like to use them or show them off or say, oh, you got to use this or whatever. Let's hear what he has to say. And if you did not tune into the last episode, uh, just fair warning uh, and an apology, the audio quality is is not up to our normal standards. We, we have uh, standards. We had a hot mic <laughs> and some connection issues, so uh, please bear with us. Um, it's digestible still, but uh, yeah, not as perfect as we'd like it to be. So with that great introduction, <laughs> let's get back to our conversation with Nate Barber. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> what, what's your favorite tool or what's your, your, maybe not your favorite, but what's the go-to um, technology tool that you use the most often when you're working with clients? It's Teams. Microsoft is great, except when it isn't. And there's all sorts of um, frustrations that people have with Teams, yet in most organizations we work with, they're on Microsoft 365, so they have Teams built in. And Teams has uh, done a, a pretty good job of coming up to speed and being what Slack always was, but incorporating Skype and all the things together to be a tool that really helps us collaborate, especially remotely, by creating a team and sharing files. Uh, I, had, in my consulting career, always wanted to find the ability to share the all the things we did together in a place without having to do a whole lot of crazy things to set it up, and Teams has ended up being that for us. Especially now with the ability to do uh, co-authoring like Google Docs had had for years and Mm -hmm. years and years. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it as uh, easy to use as Google Docs? No, not yet. But Microsoft is great at copying and getting They start with the minimum viable product. And everybody's frustrated with that. But they keep worming their way in. And it it is perhaps the most valuable tool I use for those reasons. That's good to hear. Can't wait. So my big corporation gets it. <laughs> so Teams. <far> behind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Next year, maybe. I don't know. Are you guys still using Skype? It's interesting. It, doesn't it just come with the standard office license? I, I don't use Skype individually, yeah, no. Yeah, we have like a partnership with Microsoft. But apparently, it's not that good. I don't know. <laughs> like, 
it takes a big a, a lot for us to yeah. get a new system like Get, getting getting an organization moving it's like you know turning a <laughs> aircraft carrier you, even if you turn the rudder it's going to take a long time for that ship to turn yeah yeah do you find Nate that uh, awesome. when you're working with your clients, um, are they generally happy that you're there and so eager to to take advice and and go affect change, or do you still have all the same struggles that we would see with an organization that hasn't asked for the help yet? Yes. All right, and that's all the time we have, folks. It depends on who's in the room, and it depends on... (laughs) Well, someone asked for you. There's a consultant. Someone's hiring, but then obviously you have to help everybody. It's it's almost always the middle management that has the most resistance. There's a book called Lean Transformation by... Uh Who is it by? Larco and Henderson. Uh Mm-hmm that uh, talks about this concept of concrete heads, that those who they're, they're never going to change because change is a four-letter word. Only a wet baby likes change. So there's <laughs> always going to be concrete heads in every organization. The hardest ones are those that uh, pretend like they're not. They pretend like they're on board, but they're really working behind the scenes to maintain their own little fiefdom. When you have an organization that people have amassed any kind of power, even if it's just mid-level management power, nobody wants anybody else coming in and playing in their sandbox. Even if it's going to make the sandbox better, it's unknown. So it's really crazy when you have senior management who aren't bought in. If you have senior management that's not bought in, the whole thing kind of goes sideways. You don't have the any kind of traction when middle management is the one who wants you to come make change and they haven't sold it to senior management yet. It's a lot of wasted time. In fact, I almost won't get involved there because it's just wasting every, I'm not adding any value because whatever I've done will just be undone. And my whole approach is about involving a cross-functional team to go make the change. Yeah. And I've actually worked where, uh, it was so. I thought we had senior management approval. We were working directly with the COO uh-huh. for a, uh, a steel processing facility, and we did a whole value stream mapping event. We come up with some great ideas, opportunities to move towards a value stream organization, and uh, working to establish a pull system with their suppliers and uh, a pull system kanban for all of the products that they made, and lots of really fundamentally strong ideas that were going to take some work to implement, but that was the, it was the right direction. And the, the, the CEO and owner of the company actually came in. Uh, he wasn't part of the event, so we did a report out to him on the Friday, finishing up. And he said, wow, uh, this was a waste of time because it wasn't what he wanted to go do. So his whole team, all the people that they brought together for this event to say, here's where we need to take the organization. Here's the pain we're feeling. Here's how we want to make those things go away because it wasn't his idea. No way. He threw, threw it all away. They all a billion dollar company. 
underneath all this middle management and all that bought in, but the top didn't. Right. The COO down, but the, the owner and CEO didn't. So and that's all these things that we do, the lean and process improvement, the, the tools are important because the, the tools facilitate uh, discussions. But what's more important are the people because the people are the ones that are going to be the ones to go implement it, that yeah. are feeling the pain, that uh, have issues in their process they want to make go away. It, it, this, it's all about the people. And oh, that's if, if you don't understand the psychology of it, trying to go help somebody be better, if they don't want to be better, they're not going to want the help. So yeah. that's, that's really where I try to engage is helping people see and solve their own problems. You have to see you have a problem first before you want to even go, go try to solve it. You can in that particular, it, huh? not in the, not in the 90 minutes I had with them. No. Uh but but the people at the lower levels they did see it right yeah and that's that's my favorite is when you know it's usually the the mid and lower level people that are most trepidatious about what's going to come they feel like they're going to get stepped all over or they're going to have to be the ones to to deal with the most change they're going to have to do the more work. But my philosophy is this. If, if we're not making people's lives easier, uh-huh. we're doing it wrong. And my philosophy goes along with this. Uh, the goal is not to make people work harder in the process. The goal is to make the process work harder for your people. Hmm. I say those things and almost instantaneously resistance from frontline people especially melts away because they're looking to they want their jobs to be easier they mm-hmm. want to be able to do the same amount but not have to hustle and it's mm-hmm. it's getting rid of the hustle and it's yeah, getting rid of the hassle around. yeah and that's that's, that's what we focus on is get rid of the hustle get rid of the hassle which of course the answer there is the hassle hoff <laughs> Right. Is, that a, you, you, is that a dad joke? <laughs> that is a dad joke, yes. That's a, that's a David Hasselhoff I, I appreciate joke. It. Yeah, we, we managed to find a terrible, terrible picture of Hasselhoff uh, from the interwebs that we incorporate in some of our slides. He's got this gold jacket on, got some chest hair showing, and I, <laughs> that, that guy is, is audacious. I, I, yeah. I, am, I applaud his bravado for sure. <laughs> I I'm working um, with a guy right now who who got Hasselhoffed. Uh, there's a a tradition in in some large organizations, including the one I'm supporting right now, where you leave your computer unlocked and unattended, and your uh, your backdrop gets <laughs> gets changed. And so they got him, and, and he decided to leave it up there as a reminder to himself to lock his computer when he walks away. So every time he goes to share his screen when we're on a Teams meeting, we get to see the Hoff. I, one of my clients right now, uh, they're, they're going through a big IT security push, 
And I don't know that I don't know that they know about Hasselhoff, but there's a couple of people I'm going to email shortly after this to say, "Did you know about being Hasselhoffed?" <laughs> I think this is the picture we need to share. You need to post as their backdrop. Yeah, that's great. Um, I want to go back. Uh, so no, the the goal is always to go ahead. I get some questions too. I, I, well, I, so I just, I wanted to ask, and I, there's a little bit of a delay on my part. So if it sounds like I'm interrupting you guys, uh, I think that's why. Um, we'll have to get our friends at Riverside to fix that for us. Um, you, you, you talked about senior leadership and, and mid level management. So, first of all, before I ask my question, I want to make sure that we've got our definitions aligned. So, um, I think of, of senior management as like the second level, uh, in anybody from the first line to like the executive series. And then I consider the executive series more of, of either senior leadership or, or the C-suite. It sounds like you're uh, a little bit shifted. So before I ask the question, what, what is your definition of, uh, of senior management? So... I'm going to give you the consultant's favorite answer. It depends. It has to well, do well, with one. <laughs> the organizational structure. Um, if you're, a, if yeah, if you're, if you're a division, this could be like the president of the division, which isn't quite C-suite, right? But it is uh, still senior management. But if it's a, a smaller organization, or it's uh, one where it's a, a corporate rollout, uh, I'm talking about the C-suite. I'm talking about from the very top. If you don't have mm. buy-in from the very top, mm. it's difficult to make meaningful change. And so what what do you think causes uh, the, the disconnect? Because I, I talk about this, we just talked about this in my class with my students. I was giving them an example of how you know, a lot of times people at the working level, at the lowest level, they understand the problems. They they are willing to do what it takes to get better if given the opportunity, just like you described, Nate. And the people at the top, um, I, I tell them a story of when I, I had the opportunity to go to Chicago and meet with the executive leadership team uh, from Boeing. And I was so blown away and impressed because they not a minute or a breath was lost in the time they had together. And it was just one decision after another that they made. They asked pertinent questions and then moved on. And and that was an aha moment for me back then because I thought, okay, wow, I always blame them, but it's not them. And it's not us down at the bottom. It's something in between. So what happens in between? And how do you fix it? Well... That was awesome. Uh, I'm sure you want to hear the answer to that question uh, about middle management, but you're going to have to listen to the next episode. We're doing cliffhangers because nobody I... wants to listen to a super long podcast anyways. <laughs> and we have to give you a reason to come back. <laughs> or it's not the audio quality and not come back. <laughs> They're going to watch all these in a row anyways. It's more than likely, more than likely. Uh, but it's a great answer. So uh, hopefully you do come back. And, and if you're binging these, then great. You're just waiting for us to stop talking so you can get to the next episode. Yeah. All well, right. So we'll do that. Here you go. It starts 
right after this.